Welcome back to uh, The Pin Guys, episode four, season two. Um, different different hosts today. I'm Davis Cordova. I'm here with Daniel Allen, Ben Hutchins, not to be confused with Sam, and Braden Bush. Um, we're back uh, after OSU's, what, three and one this week? Three and, or, yeah, three and four one in a week and then own one start to the week. Yeah, so um, we'll, we'll be uh, recapping the Baylor series from last weekend and the Dallas Baptist lost on Tuesday night. Uh, Daniel, why don't you kind of take it over? You were in Dallas last night. Um, tell us about the uh, zero to eight shutout loss to DBU. Well, um, I mean, really not not much to recap. OSU got held to three hits. Um, DBU started at a well, what's usually a weekend starter, Zach Heaton, um, pitched five scoreless innings. Um, and you know, obviously, uh, only gave up two hits, two early hits, and then kind of got things going. Struck out seven OSU batters. Uh, two more bullpen pitchers came in and uh, boosted OSU strikeout total to 15. Um, and yeah, I mean the the offense after a double by Schubert and a single up the middle by Atkinson. I mean, really not much. I mean, just held at bay the whole night. Um, that was OSU's obviously its first shutout loss of the season. Um, and, you know, and, and I remember answering questions on, you know, the mailbag earlier this week that, by the way, um, we will be doing a weekly mailbag from now on. So, uh, every Monday, make sure to check each of our Twitters, ask us any questions if you want. Um, we're going to have a fun time with that. Yeah. Please ask us some questions, please. Point being, I remember, uh, answering a question on the mailbag about these midweek games and how concerned one fan was. In retrospect, these games matter more to teams like DBU. Mm-hmm. DBU got in last year. Think about it. It was twelve and nine, I think, or eleven and nine and one in Missouri Valley play. Worst conference finish in I think over a decade span for Dallas Baptist. Got in because of its RPI standing, right? Uh, DBU, I, I think, swept OU, swept TCU, beat Baylor at home last year, and took one or two from OSU in the midweek. Obviously, a series win against Maryland last year helped, but point being, you know, these 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 games matter a lot more to Dallas Baptist because of its RPI standing. Um, you know, you're not you're not going to get an at-large bid with a, a 17 and seven Conference USA record. You're just not. So that's why you saw DBU start a weekend starter. DBU got the win. OSU struggled, but you know, at the same time, like Josh said, post game, I mean, games like this are going to happen. OSU's well, now second, obviously, after last night. But prior to that, OSU led the Big 12 in batting average for a good two-week span. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the offense is, I think, and Braden and I were actually just talking about this the other week, just far and above what it was last year up to this point. I mean, the offense isn't going to be an issue for And I don't think it's a shutout loss is any cost or concern because it's a 56-game season. Right. You're going to have games like this. So, um, yeah, Dallas Baptist got a big win. OSU struggled, but... You know, moving forward, I don't really think it's a cause of concern. And Daniel, I think if you, you know, it, it would be much more of a cause of concern if you just didn't even realize that the Cowboys just dominated Baylor. And even that Friday game where it went into extra innings, the Cowboys looked um, really good in that, except for like the first three innings of the game when Baylor just got out to a big lead. And then the Cowboys had another, had a six spot. And then to me, it never really felt like OSU was going to lose that game, even in extra innings. And then I think the next two games, Saturday and Sunday, were much more reflective of the dominance OSU has. And Baylor's not a great team, so you know that says a lot about OSU. 
and also a lot about Baylor. But OSU looked really good, and to dominate a Big 12 opponent in uh, a three-game series, get the sweep, I don't really think you need to be reading into a DBU loss a whole lot. I really don't, and another thing to – I agree with you. I, I also think another thing to note is Dallas Baptist at home, I don't want to fudge the number, obviously, but really high win percentage against Big 12 teams at home. Yeah, they're a good that, program. That's really something worth noting. Um, very dominant over the past two decades, and like I said, I mean, the win percentage um, at home against Big 12 programs, I, I think it's worth noting. So, And I also want to mention, let's not forget a couple of weeks ago when OSU beat DBU 20-4. to in seven innings yep. in O'Brate. I mean, yep. it's just got, you're going to have swing games. Like DA said, you're going to have swing games. You're going to have some games that don't go your way. Sometimes you're not going to be able to hit the ball. And I mean, going to another ballpark that loves to bring the challenge from the big guys, um, I mean, it's, it's probably more, more tough to play there than in some Big 12 ballparks because there used to be playing Big 12 teams, big teams, DBU. It's like, their big games are on midweeks, mm-hmm. so um, that that that's one thing I, I kind of want to point out. Yeah, like you guys said, you got to kind of tap the brakes because it is a big game for DBU, and like you said, DA. I mean, they have a weekend starter out there. OSU pitches six guys, and the offense, like you said, again, is not going to be an issue. I mean, average thirteen runs a game against Baylor, and uh, really the whole last three or four weeks has been like that. Um, so I mean, you just kind of, I mean, this weekend is really where it comes into play where it really matters, you know. Yeah, agreed. Big series coming to Ubre Stadium this weekend with Texas and OSU, and we'll get into that preview. Right now, both of these two teams are at the top of the Big 12 standings, and I think that's how it was uh, originally predicted in the in the Big 12 um, preseason poll. So this has been a series circled for a long for a long time. It's, it's going to be a big one. Um, I'm sure, heck, these teams will probably end up meeting somewhere in Arlington for the Big 12 tournament. So... Uh, big time series with a lot of uh, with a lot of stuff riding on the line. Yep, Texas on a 15 game win streak right now. Yes, sir. Um, they uh, last weekend swept Texas Tech, and then last night they beat the Anum Aggies down in uh, College Station. Um, what was that final score? Let me see. Yeah, they're a hot five team. Two. What, five they start two. out four and seven. They four and seven. They yeah. lost. I mean. No, don't give, I think we talked we we talked about this last week or a couple weeks on the podcast. Cal Fullerton's a better team than it has been, but then again, even then, Texas shouldn't be going into on the road and losing to Cal Fullerton. Right. Yep. They uh they lost two of three to Cal State Fullerton, March third through the fifth, and since March fifth, they've been on a fifteen game win streak. I I would say Texas Tech and Texas A&M are the most notable opponents. Mm-hmm. They they've played against they've had a three game against New Orleans. Two game against North Dakota State, three game against Manhattan, um, and a few midweek games against uh, some lesser opponents: Mercer, Sam Houston, and Incarnate Word. So they've had the toughest of their schedule the last week uh, against Tech and A and M. Da, what do you see is kind of the matchup to look for this weekend for OSU in Texas? Well, I think um, I think Texas is if Texas can take the Friday game. I really think Texas is in a really good spot to take the series, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, like, like, and we'll get into what we talked about with Danny, but like Danny talked to us whenever we interviewed him. Um, Texas is kind of is a very new look pitching rotation. And, you know, you have Travis Stelle coming off of Tommy John surgery. Um, you've had various guys start at the Sunday slot. And um, 
There's been uncertainty, but Stelly's been good the past two weekends for Texas, and I think he's starting to get into the you know version of himself that David Pierce and company were looking for. Lucas Gordon is just a pure talent. Lucas Gordon deserves to be the ace. So I think you throw you throw out Lucas Gordon, you're going to get a good matchup with Brian Hendry and um, Lucas Gordon. Both have been really stout lately. Obviously, Hendry had the shaky outing outing against Baylor, but outside of that, he's been really good. So I think I and I know it almost goes without saying, but at the same time, I I really think especially for how these two teams shake up, whoever takes the Friday game, I think is probably going to win the series. I really do, because um, I don't know. I I, I OSU's benefited if it loses, it still has Jerron Watts Brown to throw on Sunday, and Ben Abram who's been really shut down. But I think if Texas takes game one, all they got to do is take one more game, obviously, and they'll take the series. So. I, I think the biggest matchup, and you've kind of touched base on it with with Danny um, here later in the podcast, Texas, Texas has the lowest ERA given up um, in the Big 12 to this point, and OSU has a lot of bats. They get a lot of runs on offense. So I think that's the biggest matchup here is which one's going to bend, which one's going to break. Is it Texas pitching, or is it going to be OSU's uh, – run scoring, which we saw kind of been on Tuesday night against DBU. No runs, three hits. So, I, I mean, that's the matchup to watch. Let, let me pose this question to to everyone in the pod. How many runs a game is OSU going to need to win this series? Is it five? Is it three? No, probably more. I, I think it's probably about six, at least six. Because, um, you know, Texas, I mean, it's early, but Texas is still a re- really good offensive team. I know we talked about the ERA, but you know, in, in retrospect, the the, the yeah, the, I'm not gonna say it's a fluke because by no means do I think it it is. We, you know, Woody, um, the pitching coach, Texas pitching coach, is you know obviously a, one of the brighter brighter minds in college baseball. But you know, at, at the same time, I I, th- I think offense. Whenever you look down the stretch, heading into Arlington, heading into postseason play, wherever Texas ends up, it's gonna be the offense that's gonna carry Texas. Um, so I, I very well think, you know, outside of the Friday matchup, we could very easily see, you know, shootout games this weekend, um, and you know, whichever offense, if OSU heads into the bottom of the ninth, tied, I think OSU has a good shot. If OSU's down about two or three runs heading in, I think Texas has a really good shot. If Texas can jump out to an early advantage, but you know, I think you're going to see a lot of offense this weekend. To your point, see, and you you just proposed that, Da. Let's say they're they're tied heading into the seventh. Who has better closer, OSU or Texas? Who who has the best who who has the best eighth man eighth inning guy and ninth inning guy? Texas or OSU? By far OSU. Um, I think you know for a guy like Duplantier or um, who's occasionally or for the majority of the part or part been uh, been a setup or closer for Texas. You know I also or Zane Morehouse too. Um, that, that's a it's it's a good you know setup closer combo for the Longhorns, but like you said or like I guess you were alluding to, you know Oklahoma State has a the more experienced one and b Nolan McLean I know leads the Big Twelve in saves. Um, they were tied for I think at, before Tuesday he was tied for third nationally with saves, um, and that's regardless of you can throw out level of competition you can. You know, you can throw out all the other intangibles, but you know, in, in hindsight, I, I, that, that's that's a hard thing to do. That's a really hard thing to do, especially as a closer. Which, you know, you can throw the notion out for for ace pitcher for Friday night pitcher, but I 
in in my opinion, I think closer on the pitching staff holds more pressure than anybody without saying. Um, so that's not an easy thing to do. And, you know, to, to go back to your question, I think by far OSU. Brandon, you got any thoughts for this weekend for OSU's series against Texas? Well, you were talking about OSU's batting. One thing I've noticed, there's kind of a little home run derby going on. You have Nolan Schubert and David Mendham, mm-hmm. both with eight, Rock Riggio with eight, Nolan McLean at seven. So I really don't see batting being that big an issue. Yeah. I mean, it was Tuesday, but, I mean, you start looking through there, and, I mean, not very many bad outings. <laughs> Tech on Sunday, that was another. But it seems like LSU has every now and then kind of a lapse like that. But for the most part, they've been, I mean, even compared to last year, you know, we kind of came into this year thinking no Thompson, no Dorshing, where's it going to come from? But for the most part, they haven't missed much on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. Ben, got any thoughts? You know, I'm looking forward to eat beef night on Friday. Oh. Hamburger cookout in the corrals. Maybe uh, the Ocali's got to do a little story on that. Um, if you have a corral, let us know. We'll, we'd love to come by and, and sample your beef for uh, for the hamburger cookout. I think I think one last thought for me before we wrap this thing up. Um, DA kind of alluded to it. I think Jawan Watts-Brown is the um, 50-50 for this weekend. I think Texas and OSU will split, and whichever day Watts-Brown pitches will determine the series, Is in, in my opinion, because the Jawan Watts-Brown that showed up against Baylor, he, he could show up, but the Jawan Watts-Brown against Tech could also show up. So I, I think it really depends because he hasn't really played much Many opponents like Texas, high high skilled level, um, get a lot of hits. You know, top top what? What is Texas ranked? Top twenty five? Third in the or ranked overall? Or yeah, 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 twenty one. And I mean, their hitting is what top three third, in, the, in the Big Twelve? Third in the nation? Oh. Top twenty nationally? Or not third in the nation? Third in the Big Twelve? Top twenty nationally? There we go. Yeah. So I mean, Tech is kind of on that same level too. So it's going to be interesting interesting to see. Which one shows up? The 13 strikeouts one against Baylor or the, let's see here, the eight runs against Tech uh, last weekend. So, DA, any last thoughts before we wrap this up? I think, yeah, I think to your point, I I, I mean, I don't think there's, I I think that's the clear-cut answer. Whichever version of Jerron shows up is going to clinch the series. I think something worth noting um, is, you know, and obviously uh, it's, He's had time to recover, but something, something with Tech. I mean, he, he was coming back from a little injury against Tech, and you know we, we'd seen him. He was good against Missouri, right? And you know, at, at to start the year, you, you see the you know you, you thought okay, you know, and Missouri, Missouri hasn't been good in a couple of years, but you look at where Missouri is now and the offensive firepower that team has. Um, I, I I I think that's that's a testament to how good he could be. Um, you know, like like I said, he's recovering from a little injury, undisclosed injury, um, against Tech on Sunday. Um, his first outing back um, from that rehab, and obviously against Baylor, I, I think you kind of saw the progress because I mean, Bay- Baylor's still a decent offensive team, and, and I mean, not not to compare Baylor to Texas Tech or Texas, but you know, I think that's a testament to how good Jerron could be, mm-hmm. um, and it, and like you said, if if OSU gets that version on Sunday, this Sunday. I think OSU has a great chance of taking the series. Now, quick question. Is he going to go back to starting Fridays, or is he still going to pitch Sunday this week? So, I think the... 
So I, I think from what we, Ben and I were told was the plan is after TCU or close to after TCU. I think he said after TCU, um, go back to the Saturday slot, maybe throw him a game there and then see where he goes from there. And by Michigan, I think he said to try and get him back to the Friday slot moving forward. Sweet. Well, hey, everyone, thanks for uh, for joining us, listening to us. Go follow us. Um, I think if you're listening to this, you're already following us on Twitter, but just in case, go follow us at Ocali Sports. Um, again, thanks for listening. Ben, you, you, you can you could say something if you want. Yeah, uh, Danny Davis coming up next for the Austin McCarran Statesman. Austin, American statesman. Uh, he, he does good work covering the Texas Longhorns, so listen to him uh, kind of give you a preview for what's next this week. All right, we're back with uh, Danny Davis of the Austin American Statesman. He's a beat reporter for the uh, Austin American Statesman on Texas, University of Texas. Um, Danny, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm going to apologize in advance. I have a sick toddler, so he may run in here at some point and want to be on the show, but for now he's watching Daniel Tiger, so I think we're good. Well, Danny, um, you know, to get right into it, I mean – you know, obviously, we, we start the season, or Texas starts the season. Uh, you know, zero and three, going zero and three in the college baseball showdown. Um, all of a sudden, you won fifteen in a row. Kind of a a tale of a short tale of two halves. I mean, what's kind of been the you know driving force behind Texas's fifteen game win streak? Um, well, playing a bunch of bad teams helped. Um, you know, the first whatever it was, eleven games that winning streak are against teams that. More than likely, unless they get hot in May during their conference tournaments, are not going to be in the in the postseason. So they beat up on those teams. I think got a little confidence, kind of got used that time to get figure out what they want their lineup to be, what their pitching rotation and bullpen, what they want that to be, and then they just had confidence and they got Tech last week. I think Tech may not be as good as we thought Tech was um, a couple weeks ago, but that's still a pretty solid ball team. And then. Uh, um, a ball club, and then they you know, took care of a and last night. So I think probably the best thing for this team is confidence, which is what they needed after that start, which you know should probably should have been expected. This was a team with a lot of fresh faces and guys who didn't play last year who needed to step up. So it's probably going to take a little time for them to gel, and I think they gelled. You talk about gelling. I mean, how's the pitching rotation gelled together? I know whenever we uh, whenever we spoke in uh, in in Arlington for the college baseball showdown, you said, you know, there's probably going to be a lot of uncertainty in the pitching rotation. How's that kind of gelled together? Because, you know, in terms of ERA, Texas is leading the Big 12 with a 3.35. Yeah, it's still a work in progress. I think um, Lucas Gordon, who pitched uh, the first night against Arkansas in Arlington, is still the staff ace, even though they used him in relief a little bit last night because they really wanted to beat. And um, he'll be probably the Friday, the Friday guy in Stillwater. And then after that, it's kind of a little bit of a mixed bag. Travis Staley um, right now is our Saturday starter. And then Sunday is kind of a TBA each week. And you know, last weekend against Tech was a perfect example. They threw um, Lucas on on Friday. Um, he went seven, I believe, six or seven. And then Zane Morehouse, who started this season as our Saturday guy, he came out of the bullpen and pitched the – took them the rest of the way. Then on Saturday, they uh, Travis – kind of struggled early, was laboring, so he only went three or four innings. Then they bring in LeBaron Johnson, who was their Sunday starter the week before, and he took them a couple innings, and Zane came out and closed it out. And then on Sunday, they just threw six, seven guys and pieced it together and you know, ended up getting the victory. So 
I think that's kind of kind of what it's going to be be like the rest of the season. You kind of know that Lucas and Travis are going to be their starters, two of their starters on the weekend, and then guys like Zane Morehouse, the Baron Johnson, Charlie Hurley, um, one of those guys could go on Sunday, or they may bring them out of the bullpen to help out on Friday or Saturday. You know, they're trying to win series, not really focusing too much on sweeps, and so if they have a chance to go for a series win, they're going to definitely try to do that on, on a Saturday. So um, I think you're going to see whenever Texas releases its uh, projected starters, a lot of TBAs on Sunday, and uh, we'll all be kind of trying to figure out what happens. Danny, I don't know how much you've been following the, the whole picture of Big 12 baseball, but as I'm looking at the standings right now, Texas has won, Oklahoma State's two. Do you feel like there's a true kind of top tier of baseball teams and they're going to be clashing in Stillwater this weekend? I mean, it's still kind of early. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, Kansas State right now is 4-2, and two, and I don't really know how good Kansas State is. Um, TCU is 4-2, and two, but I expect TCU to be, you know, just, just as good as everyone else. Um, yeah, and then you have Tech, which is two and four, and a good a good baseball team that just ran into a hot Texas team last weekend. Um, Oklahoma, you know, say what you will about Oklahoma, but they the guys in that team know how to win, as evidenced by last year. So they, they should factor in. So I mean, I think any of those five teams you just mentioned can um, you know get hot. And this early in the season, you have one good weekend or one bad weekend, and you spiral up or climb the standings. So it's a little tough to tell, but. Obviously, based on what we thought before the season, Oklahoma State is going to be really good. Texas should be in the mix. And then, you know, you have that group, TCU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma. Any of those guys could get hot over the course of a couple of weeks and make things interesting. And then, you know, West Virginia, too, who hasn't played a, a conference game yet, but they're um, in the top 25 in the D1 poll. They'll definitely be in the mix as well. Danny, whenever you look at the – not just the – pitchers but the you know obviously the abundance of transfers you know texas got in the offseason kind of how they've gelled into the into the mix i mean uh you know obviously oklahoma state's another team with uh with a lot of a lot of transfers and a lot of newcomers i mean how how how, is it surprising to see how quickly i know like you said it's a little too early to tell but is a little surprising to see the amount of success both teams have had this early with so many transfers um, I just think that's kind of what college sports is, regardless of what um, you know, sport we're playing or talking about. I mean, you all know about Miranda and the softball team. Last year, she came in and obviously was a you know was was a was a great addition for that team. Um, you know, football goes across the board. I mean, you look at the, the transfers for um, Texas. I mean, Porter Brown, he's a fifth-year guy, so he's a vet. He grew up in the state. He knows a lot of these kids, so he. You know, kind of blended right in with a lot of um, all the kids on the team. Uh, Garrett Gillimet, um, you know, he grew up in California. Uh, there's a bunch of Californians on this team, so he kind of knew them growing up. So he had a lot of friends on this team when he got when he got to campus, and he's you know worked really hard to you know blend in, and you know he's saying y'all and all this uh, Texas lingo, so he's trying his best to fit in. So um, I think that's kind of you know with the transfer portal being what it is, um, you know. These guys have all been on campus since this past summer. So at this point, they've been with their teammates for nine, ten months. So even if they were just walking in the door, meeting them for the first time, they've been together for for a while. So um, you know, at this point, the gelling's starting to work, and you know, I'm sure that's the same way to Oklahoma State. You don't get recruited as a transfer to Texas or Oklahoma State or TCU unless you're good. And so it should be a surprise that these guys are. 
you know, playing well because there's a reason why they're at these schools. Danny, I got a little bit of a fun one for you. You know, you've been you've been covering uh, Texas for a while. Is there, you know, one that a memory that you can kind of recollect that sticks out as you know one of the more memorable moments while covering Texas baseball, obviously. Oh, baseball. Um, yeah, I mean that 2018 season. I mean, well, first off, I mean last year Ivan Melendez is kind of every ball he hit out of the park was the a new memory and something like seemed like he just hit it further and further each time and he didn't think he could hit any further and he would it was kind of jaw dropping that you know someone could smash a baseball like that but you know um the 2018 season um cody clemens just caught fire um second half of that season just carried that team there's there was this one game it was the second to last game of the regular season against tcu and Texas rallied in the bottom of the inning or bottom of the ninth inning ended up winning on a walk-off two-run home run um, by, by Cody. And there was a insane uh, butt single during that sequence, too, by Duke Ellis. And just the atmosphere, obviously, was a sold-out ballpark because, uh, you know, a lot was on the line. Because um, Texas ended up tying TCU for the, the conference lead um, that night. Um, and so it was just a crazy atmosphere, crazy ending. It was a crazy run. And then, obviously, Texas went on to go to the College World Series that year. So, um, just that whole 2018 season was pretty crazy to watch and be able to cover and stuff like that. So, that always kind of sticks out in my mind about one of the more fun times, a fun couple of months I've had on this beat. Is there a wildest traveling memory that you can recount? I mean, I remember, you know, following your Twitter last year and uh, obviously seeing so many different stories each day, it seemed like from the Greenville, North Carolina Super Regional. But, um, you know, just, just in retrospect, is there a moment you can kind of pinpoint as one of your wilder traveling moments? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just, as I'm sure um, you and your colleagues know, since um, your student newspaper is one of the few student newspapers that seems to actually travel and um, send people places to cover stuff. I mean, probably the cool part of our job is is traveling and you get to go to cool places and see cool things. Um, I've been fortunate enough with this baseball team to you know, go to Omaha twice. Um, now it should have been three times, but last year in Greenville, I, I caught COVID. So I wasn't able to go to um, Omaha last year because I was on the, I was in the, the, the COVID window. So I wasn't able to go, um, had to be quarantined. Um, but um, going to Omaha twice is always fun. That Greenville trip was interesting. Um, I got to go to, uh, Long Beach, um, 2017 with the baseball team, which was which was fun. Um, so yeah, just you know, lots of fun little trips and get to see cool baseball stadiums and see how other people do it. I mean, last night in College Station, even though that's a two and a half hour drive, and I've been to College Station a ton. Um, that was kind of fun just to see how the Aggies do baseball, and uh, that was a pretty cool atmosphere to be around too. So yeah, you get to see a lot of cool things in this job. And, Especially if you stick around as long as as long as I've been around. Hey, Danny, I got. I also have a fun one for you. I I know you've covered baseball for um, a while now. I mean, what do you do up in the press box when there's a uh, barn burner happening out on the field or one team's up by twenty runs? W- what are you doing to pass time and kind of um, just sit there and and, uh, and try and focus or something like that? <laughs> I mean, it's a 21-run game. I'm trying to get my story done so I can leave as soon as I possibly can and get home. Um, you know, some of the, the, I guess, the pluses of the games that are blowouts, whether it's baseball or football or whatever, you can kind of do your writing 
a lot of your writing ahead of time, so that makes post game a lot easier. But I mean, if the game is out of sorts, I'm I'm working and just trying to make my post game life as easy as possible. Obviously, if it's a close game, or um, you know, a team's rallying or there's something dramatic happening late, you kind of have to focus and take notes and just get ready for a mad scramble afterwards. But if there is not a lot going on in the game or the game's a blowout, I'm I'm working and just trying to make my post game life a lot, a lot easier. And hopefully you're in a cool press box and there's people around to make jokes with. Because sometimes when it's a blowout or a bad game and you're the only one in the press box, it can be a pretty miserable and lonely experience. So hopefully there's other people around for you to to, to interact with. Well, hey, hey, Danny, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Um, really, really appreciate you jumping on with us. Uh, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we can chat again soon. Yeah, we'll see you this weekend. <laughs> Well, I will not. Be, I will not be making the trips. I'm just going to be following you all from afar, and you guys can uh, keep me updated on on the scores and all that. So, all right. Well, Danny, we really appreciate you hopping on. Um, thank you so much. It helps us out a lot. Thanks for having me. Of course. Take care. Bye. That was uh, Danny Davis with the Austin American Statesman um, from the University of Texas, helping us out previewing uh, this weekend's series against Texas for OSU baseball. Uh, Three-game series starts Friday. Uh, was it 6 o'clock, guys? Yep. Friday and Saturday, 1 o'clock Sunday. So uh, be tuned for that, and uh, we will talk to you guys next time. Thank you.